0: Glad you could be here. We have some guests. We're glad that you're here. I hope that you made it in without getting wet like Ronnie did. Uh, but we are going to start a series and we'll probably be on it for a little while uh, about the story of Joseph. Y'all probably are pretty familiar with Joseph. And I want to look at some things and maybe get some encouragement out to you as you go and start out your week. I hope that you know that I appreciate all of you so very much. I appreciate you taking the time to be here tonight to put God first in your life and spend a little bit of time worshiping him because he absolutely is worthy to be praised. Amen. He is the one who uh, deserves all of our praise and all of our uh, glory goes to him by the things we do and the things that we say, and we should be looking for opportunities to tell people about just who we serve and why we serve him. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37, and I want to kind of give an intro, and I've got three points, and then the lesson will be yours. Joseph is a well-known and fruitful character in the Bible, and he's a type of Christ, he was indeed despised and he was rejected. He was a man of sorrow. He was a man of grief. And like our blessed Lord, he was cast out by men. He was exalted by God to be a prince and to be a savior for people. But it's instructive and it's, it's comforting to see that in all of Jesus' and Joseph's afflictions... There were blessings. You know, when Satan tempted Christ, at the end of that, what happened? You remember? The angels came and did something for Jesus, didn't they? They comforted him. They strengthened him. What a blessing that must have been. Am I right? Forty days and forty nights, this uh, Jesus, our Savior, was out in the wilderness and he was tempted by Satan. Uh, The tired, the toil, the labor that went into making sure that immediately he wasn't going to sin. And then after that, what a blessing. The angels came and strengthened him. And I want you to keep this thought in mind as we go through the lesson. Every trial endured for Christ will bring in some way, shape, or form fresh supplies of grace and blessings. Let me say that again. Every trial endured for Christ will bring in some way, shape, or form fresh supplies. You, you, you think about fresh supplies, right? It's always good when you go to the grocery store to get the fresh supplies, right? Right? Uh, Not like Isaac, he came in and uh, looked at the milk and was going to get some cereal last night and he said, smell that, dad. And I'm like, nah, that's not fresh. (laughs) That one's out of date, bro. I wouldn't drink that milk or drink at your own risk, right? Definitely not fresh, but these trials that we endure, they bring forth these supplies of grace and blessings. So count your blessings, brethren. Can you name them one by one? Can you count those things that God has done for you in the good? And I know we've got tough times, and I know we've got struggles. I agree with that, and I know that times get tough, but can we see these blessings in the midst of the storm? Will we let our situations get the better of us, or will we be still and know where God is and know that he has a huge interest in your life? Genesis chapter 37, three things for us to consider As we look at the life of Joseph and begin this journey uh, through Genesis on his life, Joseph was the first thing to consider. He was despised by his brothers, but he was loved by his father. Now that may be a simple thought. But let's look at it, verses 1 through 4. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhau and the sons of Zilpath and his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to them to his father. Of them to his father. Sorry. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Israel loved Joseph. He loved him more than all of his children, even to the point where he makes him this tunic of many colors. Could you imagine? It's like, appreciate it, Dad, uh, putting me on the spotlight like that, right? Giving me this coat, and now everybody knows how much you love me. And it caused problems, didn't it? There was a big problem amongst the brothers, to the point where it says that they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Huh. Have you ever thought about that? They couldn't speak peaceably to him. You know, at work, if you got a problem with somebody and you don't really like them, you can still talk peaceably to them, right? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. All right, see you later, Right? I mean, you can be in and out of the conversation pretty quick, right? They couldn't even do that with Joseph. They had a problem with Joseph. But Israel loved him. When we think about the people that we love, isn't it a deep love? When we think about the love that we have for our children, isn't it a deep love? When we think about our love for our parents, isn't it a deep love that we have? I mean, just think about that thought, how much you love somebody. It says that Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph. You know, it's like Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 11. You remember when it says he came to his own and his own did not receive him? You remember that? They didn't even receive him, but even when Jesus was despised and rejected in his hometown, you remember he talked about that as well. When he was rejected by his brethren, what do we catch three times in the Bible? This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The father loved him. This is so true for us today. As Jesus said, some of the biggest battles that we will face for His namesake it will come in our own homes. You remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter ten, verse thirty-six? He said, "And a man's enemies will be those of his own household." That's hard. I just talked to Billy Joe about a tough situation. But Jesus gives a promise. And I want you to hold on to this promise, brethren, our Christian. I want you to understand what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 21. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I'll love him and manifest myself to him. Could you imagine Joseph and the way that he felt when he... I mean, you can feel when somebody isn't happy with you, right? I mean, that happens a lot at my house when I don't do my chores the right way. You know what I'm saying? I get a lot of those looks where it's immediately uncomfortable, right? Right? I mean I I don't mean maybe y'all haven't never faced that, but I, I I understand that you can feel the tension, but what about if somebody hated you? What about if somebody didn't even want to speak to you because they were afraid that they were going to do something terrible to you? And here was Joseph, the youngest son, just trying to be out there with his brothers, right? But what's the point of all this? What's the point that I'm trying to bring across? The point is this, even when trouble is in front of us, even when trouble is right in the midst of our life, even when things seem like they're not how they're supposed to be and you don't understand why, we got to hold fast. We've got to be comforted to know really and truly that the Lord loves us. And the Lord wants the best for us. You remember what John said in 1 John 4, 19, right? We love him. Why, brethren? Because he first loved us. He first loved us. The second thing to consider this evening. Joseph was hated for his words, but honored with visions. This was a dreamer, wasn't he? I mean, this man had the dreams down. Look with me, if you will, at verses five through nine. It says, now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. And let me just stop here he wants to tell them a dream and what does it say about the brothers? They hated him even more, right? Before he even tells this dream, can you imagine what's about to happen after he tells this dream? He says, please hear this dream which I've dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his... How many more times can you hate somebody, right? I mean, how many more times is this... I mean, we've heard he hated him in verse 4, and then they hated him more in verse 5, and now they hate him even more after this. But then look what happens. They hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. And then verse nine, then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And what happens? Even Jacob gets in on it, doesn't he? Jacob, his father rebukes him. And he said to him, what is this dream you, that you've dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. Joseph's dreams hurt his brothers And even his father, what what did it hurt? It wounded their pride. Verse 11 said that they envied him. And look at verse 17. This is Jacob, I mean, this is Joseph as he's going to find his brothers. And he comes to this man in verse 17. And the man said, they have departed from here for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near, uh, near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, "'Look, this dreamer's coming.'" <laughs> Here comes the dreamer. "'Come, therefore, let us now kill him and, and cast him into some pit, and we shall say, "'Some wild beast has devoured him.'" we shall see what will become of his dreams. They were wounded by their pride. They envied him, verse 11. In verse 20, the, the brothers say, we'll see what happens to this dreamer. We'll see what comes of these dreams. There's trouble all around him, isn't it? And why is there trouble all around him? And I want you to catch this one. It's because of this gift. He's got a gift, didn't he? He received this gift from God. He's got this dream that's happening. And we know it's a prophetic dream. We know the story. We know what ends up happening. But at this time, Joseph's just trying to explain. He's trying to talk about it. He's wanting people to understand what's happening. And now they mock him. And they make fun of him. And they want to kill him because of this gift. But God gave him the ability to have these dreams, didn't he? Wasn't God the one who gave him the ability to have that? And what did that ability manifest? What did that ability manifest in his life? Drama. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The ability that God gave Joseph... Manifested drama? Yeah, but what else did it manifest? It manifested the purpose of God. It begins something. Brethren, I've told you this story before. It took a long time for prayers that I asked for to get answered. How about you? It took a long time, years sometimes, in the process of praying for something to be answered in my life. Here was Joseph, God has given him this ability and this ability is going to take him a long way. But in the moment and in the time, it looks like it's a curse. So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. And then what happens when we hear that? It says, and then he dreamed another dream. They hated him even more and then God gives him another dream to talk about. While these dreams were not what they wanted to hear at the time, when we come to the end of the story, they play out to be exactly what happens, right? Am I right? And many people are saved because of Joseph. Does Joseph know that right then? Do those brothers know that right then? Does Jacob, Israel, you know Israel, Israel knew all about Yahweh. Israel knew all about Jehovah and all of the stories that went with with Jacob before this time. Jacob doesn't even know what's happening in this moment either. Brethren, when we have problems, When we have situations, when we have drama in our lives, sometimes it's hard for us to see in the storm the blessings. Am I right about it? But just like Jesus, the miracles, the teachings, no one could match him. But the religious leaders and the Jews, despite the miracles, but despite those miraculous things that were happening around them, what did they want? They wanted him dead. They wanted him dead. You remember what Jesus says in John 18, chapter 23? He's in this illegal uh, court case that they brought against him. You remember? And Jesus answered him and he says, "If I've spoken evil, bear witness of the evil." But if well, why do you strike me? Why am I getting hit? If I've done something evil, call it out. Please tell me what I've done. But if I've not done anything evil, why are you striking me? It's kind of like what Paul said in Galatians chapter four, verse 16. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? But Jesus continued to do the will of God, didn't he? He continued to proclaim it. And despite the hatred of these people, what do we see that comes out of that? We see this blessing that we all know today as the gospel. Amen. We have hope of heaven through him because of what Jesus did. Now, the same is true for us today. What you talking about, Matt? Well, let me break it down for you. What abilities are we using for God's glory? Because I know you got an ability. You probably got two or three. You may have five or six. What abilities are we using for his glory? Well, I don't know if I want to use them, Matt, because the last time I used them, people kind of got jealous towards me. Really? Really? But when people ask how you do these things, how you're able to maneuver and and do so well at work, what do you tell them? Do you tell them that it comes from God? That he deserves the honor and the praise for this because he's the one who gave you the ability to do it? What happens when we do that? We immediately begin to shine light in the world. Rather, are we going to let people see and hear the Word of God? I hope so. Because you want to know what the Word of God does to people? It pricks hearts. You want to know what the Word of God does? It restrains people from doing evil. Here's Joseph talking about these dreams. These people have no idea what's happening at this time. But do you remember at the end of the story... You remember what Joseph says? You guys meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I know it's tough. Man, Joseph's life's just about to get terrible. Could you imagine being on that road with those slave owners? I mean, you think they was taking care of him? They threw him in the back. People may not want to hear what we say at the time. But in the long run, you want to know what happens? It pays dividends. Think about Jesus and his mission. Think about when he resurrected. Did it not pay dividends? Think about Joseph when he goes to Pharaoh and all of a sudden he's the second man in charge. Did it pay dividends? Absolutely. But there were some trials, there were some struggles, there were some temptations, there were some things that were happening in the moment. But what did they do? They kept their eyes focused. Don't be fooled, brethren. Every single one of us is effective. You know, and I think about this and it fires me up when I think about Paul, in Romans chapter 1, verse 15, here's what Paul said. He said, So as much is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. I'm a tent maker, but I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. I'm in chains, but I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. I'm weak and I'm weary and I'm struggling. Could you imagine? when that Philippian jailer was wiping off those wounds on his back, how bad that probably hurt. But what did Paul do? He didn't leave when he had the chance. He stayed and his mind was focused where it needed to be at. Brethren, we want to know what holds us where we need to be at when our mind is fixed on the mission. I know it could be better. I know it could. I know things could be a lot better than what they are, maybe, for you right now. I know that struggle. I know it. Oh, I know it. But don't be fooled, you are effective. Are we going to use our abilities for the glory of God? Or are we going to let them slip out of our hand and think later on, why in the world didn't I take advantage when I had the chance? The third thing to consider, kind of a silly point, but not really. If you don't love it, just don't say nothing to me about it, all right? I tried to do good on it, tried to be creative. Joseph was cast into a pit, but there was no water. Look with me, if you will, verses 21 through 24. It says, but Reuben heard it. He heard what the brothers was talking about. And he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness. And do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic. Could you imagine that happening? I mean, it's your family. I mean, it's your brother's. I mean it's your it's your big brothers. They stripped the tunic. That was on obviously that was a problem. They stripped this tunic of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into the pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. Think about this. The ungodly. And the sufferings in our lives can have no power at all over us unless we let it. The pit had no water in it for Joseph. Well, why was that? Because there was more to the story. See, the fire had no power over those three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Why was that? Because God still had more for them to do. As I alluded to earlier, Paul and Silas, they go into prison. They're they're cuffed up. But nothing was going to discourage them. What did they do? They sang and praised God. All night. And when they were freed, what did they do? They stayed and they looked for the opportunity to share the gospel. They looked for the opportunity to shine light. Brethren, they put Christ on a cross. But instead of it being the worst thing ever, it was a place of victory. It was a place of victory because the Lord wasn't done. When we think about our lives and we think about the tough situations that we may be facing, I don't know what you're going through. Maybe, maybe everything's good right now. Hey, amen. Be effective right now while it's good. But maybe you are having tough times. Maybe you are having these hard situations in your life. Are we going to let them keep us down? Are we going to let them move our focus from what we need to be focused on? Or are we going to say, you know what, I don't know what's happening, Lord, right now, but I I, I know that you're in control. And when somebody asks you what's going on with the problem, I have no idea, but I do know this. God is about to do something He's about to do something. And he's going to do it to bring glory and honor to his name. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 105. And I want you to look at verse 17 through 19. I want you to look what the Bible says about Joseph in Psalms. This is a great, this is a great Psalm, just tucked away over in the right corner of my Bible. I don't know where it's at, right bottom corner. I'll always remember where that is from now on. Think about what this Psalmist says. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Think about that. Joseph doesn't know how God is working things out. Amen? The word of the Lord was continually testing him. But what we learn is that God was using evil of others to accomplish his plans. God's saving victory happens through sin and suffering, don't it? God used the evil deeds of his brothers to begin fulfilling his plan as revealed in Joseph's dreams. Jesus is the ultimate example of this truth. Well, what are you saying, Matt? God was working his plan through the evil of others, the evil of Judas who would betray him, the evil of the Jewish leaders who wanted him executed, and the evil of even Pilate who would not listen to Jesus. He wouldn't even listen to what he had to say, even though he knew nothing was wrong. God can overcome when we are sinned against. Amen? God can overcome any circumstance. Amen? I mean, these, these, these Israelites, these, they ran out to the sea and they had nowhere to go because Pharaoh's army was coming. And what happened, brethren? This big old sea parted. That's not a movie from Hollywood. That's not a fake story. That's not fake news. It's real stuff. The sea opened up and they walked through it on dry land. God can overcome our circumstances. God uses what we're enduring though to accomplish his plan for our lives. See, it's your story. It's your story. It's not mine. I got my own story to live. I got my own story to talk about what God has done for my life. What about your story? What did you endure to say, you know what? It was tough at this time. I didn't even know what was going to happen. I was unsure of so many things except one thing that I knew God was going to be there for me. And look at how it ended up. Look at how it ended up. People can plan against God. People can rebel against God, but they rebel in vain. You want to know why they rebel in vain? Because God will be victorious. He'll be victorious. Brethren, you're not forgotten. Friend, you're not forsaken. We're being tested as we wait for the Lord. What are we going to do while we wait? Are we going to trust him? Are we going to see where he's going to take us? I want to leave you with this thought. And please use this this week. You know it. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. The Bible says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. Let me say it again. Let us not grow weary while doing good. you want to know what it means to grow weary? I'm tired. I'm sick of this, man. It's not, I don't even know if it's worth it. I mean, I've done it and done it and done it. and It's just like nothing. Don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose Don't lose heart. Your labor's not in vain. Holding fast to the Lord in that time when nothing's happening, keep holding on. I wish I could help. I wish I could do it, but I can't do anything. I'm just a man, but God can do anything. And what a story to tell when it pulls through. Brethren, I love you and have a great week. I hope that you have the chance to tell somebody about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I hope you do. I hope you look for that opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus Christ and what he's done for you in your life. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Please don't miss the opportunity to be added to his family. Have your sins washed away. Be reconciled to him. Have a relationship with the almighty God. You do it by obedience to the gospel, believing who Jesus is, believing that he came, that he died, that he rose again. You do it by repenting of your sins. Jesus said, unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. You do it by confessing his name, saying that you believe that Jesus is the son of God. And he says, If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. And then being baptized in water, baptized in water, washed clean. You go in an old man, you come out brand new. And living a life faithful unto death. And then that day will come. Jesus says, If you'll be faithful to me until death, I'll give you a crown of life. I cannot wait, brethren. I love, you know, I almost, I almost look forward to saying this part of the sermon because I can't wait for that day. Crown. Forever. Man, if that don't mean nothing to you, man, let me talk to you. If that don't mean nothing to you, we got a problem. A crown of life. Forever and ever with Jesus. If you need to obey the gospel, please come right now. Together we stand and sing.
1: not know, keep the loveless family family in your prayers, cancer has come back to Dana. So if you keep that family in your prayers, I know they would deeply appreciate it. Anything else? If you've not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper today, it is still prepared. If you will exit the, the auditorium to your right, then you will be served there. Let's sing one verse of this song and then we'll have our closing prayer. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to